It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Maria, nothing personal word of the day. Today is Friday, July 9th, 2021. Please tell me that you watched the scripts spelling bee. What a win for Zala Avant-Garde. First African-American in 96 years to win the spelling bee. With a word, Maria. What does that mean? I want to tell you. I want to know if you could spell it, could you? It's a genus of tropical Asiatic and Australian tree. Everyone got that? Ready? Maria. And she said live on TV, because you can ask questions of the judges, like the comedian. And the judges said, we don't see that here. But she was totally right, because that's how to spell it. M-U-R-R-A-Y, as in Bill Murray, as in Scrooged. And then add an A. Maria. And she wins the spelling bee. And that'd be noteworthy for me, because I love watching the spelling bee. Love watching these kids spell. I used to love to spell. I never practiced. I never had a coach. And I'm just sort of a speller because I can S-P-E-L-L very Q-U-I-C-K-L-Y and people get very C-O-N-F-U-S-E-D, B-Y-T-H-A-T. But it's just something that I've always D-O-N-E. So I'm watching the spelling bee and I'm thinking about the movie Bad Words, which Coca tells me we haven't reviewed on Nothing Personal. I must have done it on Levitard or something. Bad Words directed by Jason Bateman, starring Jason Bateman. Watch it right now. If you have not S-E-E-N-I-T, please, this weekend in the middle of Tropical Storm Elsa, where we may lose power while we're doing the show. Can you hear me? Coca, can you hear me now? I'm flickering. I'm flickering over here. I'm flickering. I'm flickering. All right. We may not be on the air right now. I'm just going to keep going. But I don't see Coca in the document. I don't hear him in the ear. And I can't see myself on my computer. Therefore, I assume that I have no power, but I'm just going to keep talking. So Maria was a word used, but this girl who won is not famous because she's a good speller, although now she is. Do you know she has three Guinness Book of World Records? Yeah, the same Guinness book that I used to read as a kid, the same Guinness book that has like the tallest man, Robert Wadlow, and the fattest man, I think Robert Earl Hughes or James Earl Hughes, buried in a piano case, actually. The McCreary brothers, the motorcycle twins, biggest motorcycle twins, the guy with the big fingernails that roll all around. Anyway, she has three Guinness records. She does. She's like a kid. She's a basketball player. She wants to be in the WNBA. She has the Guinness Book of World Record for the most basketballs dribbled simultaneously, the most basketballs bounced, and the most bounce juggles in one minute. Three records. The only record we have here at Nothing Personal revolves around flatulence and a little bit of oral gas. That's our record. Although we don't take many days off, maybe that's a record, Coca. According to CBS, we may have a record for the most shows in a year. 
So I was thinking about the spelling bee and, and I told Coke, I want to talk about it because it matters to me. And Coke said, why would it matter to you? We're, we're arguing pre-show whether or not to lead off the show with Maria. And that's the best word of the day we've had in 407 episodes because it's so cool. And Coke said, no one cares. And I said, you're wrong. Here's who cares. Intellectuals who recognize that life isn't just about video games, sports, it's not just about TV. They're actually people who are interested in intellectual pursuits. Do you remember when I reviewed the Cube movie? People interested in Rubik's Cubes and solving them quickly and dexterity of the hands. These are people, young people, interested in etymology. Etymology may be the coolest ology there is. People could argue that geology is or biology is or sociology is, but etymology Everything comes from something. Coke is totally, this doesn't even matter. You're not even going to hear this. What a shame. Hello. Hello, etymology. I'm not going to continue, Coca. I'm going to go on to the next topic just in case, because just in case anyone's interested in what I have to say about express. Express confidence. Express you. We've got express here for a couple of weeks on Nothing Personal. There's a huge box of clothes waiting outside Coca's door right now because he wears Express. Have you ever worn Express? Go on Express.com. It's pretty cool, actually, what you can see. You'll get, you can see suits and T-shirts and graphic T-shirts, regular T-shirts. They have polos. They have stuff you can wear to cookout, stuff you can wear to weddings. They have stuff you can wear anywhere. If you like clothes, you will want to express confidence because what's better than confidence? Do you know that with confidence, remember we talked about this another time on Nothing Personal, I thought, where you could talk your way into anything, any place, past anybody. It's the no contact rule, but you can't look like a schlep. You have to actually dress with confidence, dress with express, express.com. All right, Coco, we got an interesting tweet that, uh, deserves follow-up after Lebetard's show yesterday, my weekly appearance on that show, the local hour. We talked about the baseball season and someone asked a question about it. And I wanted to dive into detail because on Lebetard, you can't dive into detail because Dan keeps interrupting and wanted to remind everyone what a shitty executive I was. But this is a topic that is obviously of interest to some of you. What do we got, Coca? You know what I want? It's my favorite. So you want to talk to Samson for all the new listeners. And I got notification from the CBS crack podcast team that we have a lot of new listeners. So, so you want to talk to Samson is from a movie called half baked half baked is a movie with Dave Chappelle and others where you need to be fully baked to fully enjoy it. You can be a quarter baked and enjoy half of it, or you can be not baked at all. And you'll smile. There's a character there called Samson. People want to talk to him. So get into my Twitter. Hit follow. David P. Samson. Coke is going to give you a present as soon as we get to 50,000 followers and we're not quite there. I don't know why, because I won't buy them as opposed to the other people out there. I'm not buying you guys. I'm going to earn you one at a time. One follower at a time. Just get on Twitter. No matter if your username is John Cocktoastin42969493. How many of you are going to wonder why I do the countdowns of 6, 10, 69, or 8, 78, 6, 9, 
Someone asked PJ Loyello. Find him on Twitter. Good luck. So you want to talk to Samson? You get in my Twitter, Dave P. Samson, ask a question. Here's the question. It started with, I had a question. Okay, thank you. About something you referenced on the Levitard show. You spoke about shortening the baseball season. Most fans and analysts that bring it up say it should be shortened by a big chunk of games. But you said to basically cut it down by eight games, if I'm correct. Yes, you are correct. That's what I did say. I trust your opinion over those analysts that really don't talk baseball unless they have to. So could you explain what all cutting eight games would really affect and how it would help? Thanks and love nothing personal. Well, thank you. I appreciate your loyalty. So there's been a question about baseball and a complaint from baseball fans, and it's been going on forever. It is the single second Biggest complaint about baseball. The first one is the games are too long and too boring. I'm counting that as one. The second is there's too many games. Think about it. There's 162 games in a season. That means every 10 baseball games is one football game. That's why it's so important to win a football game, right? It's like going on a 10-game win streak. When you're on a 10-game win streak in baseball, it leads off the news. When you win a football game, it's, yeah, The Buccaneers won the game yesterday, but that's like winning 10 straight. Hey, the Giants lost yesterday. Big news. Not really. You lose 10 in a row. Big news. So baseball has always been a longer season. The reason it's been a longer season is that it is a sport where it requires length in order to get true outcomes. Not the true outcome that we discuss, strike, walk out, home run, strike out, walk, home run, which is the three true outcomes in baseball these days. The true outcome to me is when the right teams are winning and the right teams are losing, where you take the randomness out of a season because there's nothing worse than random outcomes because it impacts your analytics department. It impacts the way people gamble. It impacts the way you run your team, what you do with your payroll, the players you sign, the players you trade. It helps bolster your delusional thinking Any random act, think about this. What's better for you in your business or in your life than consistency? Don't you like to know every morning at a certain time you're going to get another episode of Nothing Personal? Don't you like to know that Tuesday follows Monday? Isn't there some comfort in that? What if there were a day and school started doing this They did this once when I was in college and it made me crazy. High school, they did it too because there were holidays on Monday. Sometimes Tuesdays were were Mondays. And if you missed a Friday, they would do a Friday on a Wednesday. So you'd have to remember what your Friday classes were on a Wednesday where they number the days. Hey, it's day four, but it's today Thursday. No, it's Tuesday. Yeah, but it's Wednesday school. It's too confusing. The consistency of the day matters. And I don't mean from an OCD standpoint. I'm talking about from a practical standpoint to understand what you need to be doing at a particular moment in a particular day. Baseball is very much like that. There's something about the rhythm of a baseball season that requires it to be played 162 games in 183 days, 185 days. And at the end of that season, you know very well that there is no random outcome. There could be a team that's better than you projected them to be but they're required to be good, not for a quarter of a season, not for 60 games, not for 81 games. They're required to be good over a six-month period, over 162 games. And you take comfort in that. 
as an executive, when you build your team, you want to know that that team will have time to do what you expect them to do, what you expect them to do on the back of their baseball card. And if they don't do it, you know that you either misevaluated your team or you misevaluated a specific player or it was your manager's fault. But what you can never say is, oh, they got lucky. There's no luck in baseball. There can be luck in an individual game. There's definitely luck once you're in October in the playoffs. Certain things happen and go your way. That's how you win a World Series. But there's no luck. There's no covering up your faults over 162 games. The other reason that there's 162 games, get ready for it, it's money. And I'm not talking about attendance. I'm talking about the biggest pot of money, which is the broadcast money. Baseball is alone during the summer. Remember when we talked about, I don't like when I keep saying that, Coca. That's like a verbal crutch I use. Remember when we talked about, I shouldn't have to say it. I should just say it again because you may not remember it. You may not have listened to that episode. You may be new to nothing personal. So I don't need to say, remember when we talked about, it. I should just say it again if it interests me to say again, because I think it's important enough to say again. As I said before, <laughs> I'm not going to say that either. That's a synonym. Maria M. U R R A Y A. No buzzer. No buzzer. No buzzer. No buzzer. You are correct. It's not being recorded anyway. I can go back to whatever topic I want, Coca, and I can't even hear what you're saying. What were we talking about? Shit. Hold on. I got to check the document. <laughs> Hold on. Ah. Baseball. <laughs> Wait, is today Friday, Coca? Please tell me today's Friday. <sighs> I'm in the middle of a tropical storm. I'm flickering. I'm being blown over. I'm very small, you know. I don't like going out when it's windy. TV revenue. There's nothing going on during the summer. They need live programming. The reason why baseball gets such a huge amount of local revenue through its TV deals is because baseball provides 162 days times three hours of programming. That's about 500 hours of programming where otherwise these networks would be showing bupkis or curling or logging or spelling bees. I'm just kidding. I love the spelling bee. So we've talked about shortening the season. We had a committee that met to talk about shortening the season because the players during the last collective bargaining negotiation, they wanted more off days. They believe that 162 is too many, but they want to be paid to play 162 at the same rate. And our response was, we're happy to play fewer games, but then you have to take less money. So if you're making 100, if you're making 16.2 million and we only play 140 games, you're then going to make 14 million. And the players said, no, we want to make 16.2 million, but only play 140 games. And we said, no, you're played. You are paid per game. It's bad enough. You're guaranteed. It's bad enough. You get paid when you're hurt, but you are paid per game. And we get extra revenue. We can't go to our TV stations, our TV network partners and say, I know we promised you 155 games. We're only going to have 140 games, but we want the same revenue. We can't go to fans and say, 
there aren't going to be 81 games. There's now going to be 70 home games, but we want you to pay us the total you paid when you were going to 81 games. Everything gets ratcheted down. So if you go from 162 to 140, and that's 21 fewer games, let's say that is basically 11 fewer home games. So you go from 81 to 70. Your sponsorship dollars in your ballpark, they go down by over 10%. Your ticket revenue goes down by over 10%. Your food, your beverage, your merchandise, your parking, every stream of revenue you have in the ballpark, every stream of revenue you have in broadcast, it all goes down. And if your revenue goes down, but your expenses stay the same, guess what? You're OOB. And if you don't want to be OOB out of business, you have to lower your expenses. But players always said fewer games, same revenue. The compromise that we came up with and that I thought made the most sense was cutting the season from 162 to 154, losing four home games, but keeping pay the same because I believed having run a team for so long that I could go to sponsors and season ticket holders and say for 77 games, not 81, 77 home games, we're not adjusting the prices. We're not adjusting our menu of corporate sponsors and our sort of uh, menu of how much things cost. We're not going to take a discount from the TV network because we're still going to be offering them over 150 games, which is what we're supposed to offer them. So to me, it's a win-win and you get eight extra off days. And the randomness of the season at 154, which is what the seasons used to be before they went to 162, there's still no chance of randomness in my mind as an executive. So I thought that was the perfect compromise. For whatever reason, it got absolutely zero traction because there were five teams, San Francisco amongst them, the Cubs, the Red Sox, the Yankees amongst them, who were not willing to have four fewer home games without getting paid. So basically they wanted to get the equivalent of a full sold out gate given to them for having fewer home games. And we couldn't figure out a way to get them that money. For the Marlins, it didn't matter because we weren't gonna have less ticket revenue by having four fewer home games because we're not selling out. The Indians, the Royals, the Rays, none of those teams would have an issue with that even the Mets, frankly. But there's some teams who sell out and they said, you have to replace our income. On a triple side note, that's how baseball decides which teams play internationally. The Yankees and Red Sox will go to London and they'll agree to give up a home game to go to London only if they are paid the replacement. They love when the Marlins go internationally because MLB pays the Marlins its replacement of a home game. And I always tried to goose up the numbers. MLB would call me and say, hey, we want you to play in Puerto Rico. And we'd say, great. Oh, we're going to miss that game against the Atlanta Braves. Oh, we'd make $4 million that game. And they'd say, huh? Prove it. And we'd say, oh, we have a huge game that game, 25,000 people. Average ticket price is going to be like $50 that game, that random July game you're taking away. And they'd say, yeah, whatever, here's $2 million, shut up. But for teams that actually do sell out, they can go through very easily and explain why they're losing money. So they don't want to lose these home games and MLB doesn't want to pay for them as though they were going to sell out for those four home games. So it never happened. But in the next collective bargaining negotiation, which is going to start now, which is starting now, a shorter season is going to be back on the table. Do I think it's going to happen? 
N-O-C-H-A-N-C-E, because in order for a shorter season to happen, the players are going to have to give and they're going to have to give on salaries and they're not willing to give. Not even worth the wait to see, Coca. I appreciate the question, but I do like the fact that it would go to 154. I think it'd be better for baseball. Okay. You know, when players play a full season, we're seeing this a lot in the All-Star game now, which is coming up with our last weekend before the All-Star break. Cannot wait for the home run derby on Monday. Cannot wait to watch Joey Gallo and Shohei Otani in the first round. Totally annoyed. I mean, uh, uh, Shohei Otani and Juan Soto in the first round. Totally annoyed that one of them is going to be eliminated after the first round. That's Monday night in Coors Field. I wish Stanton were going to Colorado. He'd hit the ball 800 feet. But he's tired. He wants to rest. He wants to have fun in California, wherever he's going to be during the All-Star break. And I get that. Players want the break. They're saying they want the break. If you're an All-Star, you shouldn't have the break. You have to go. But is not going. Altuve's not going. DeGrom's not going. The reason why players need the break mentally, physically, it's hard every day meeting the media. It's hard being on point every day. It's, it's difficult. What's difficult about it is that everything's being recorded. Everyone's got a phone. Everyone's got a camera. Everyone's got a recording device. We are in an era now where you can be canceled at the drop of a dime. We're in an era now where mental health matters and people are more focused on it. It's becoming a trigger now when people make mistakes or when people are tired or they don't want to do something, they can just play the mental health card. And nine times out of 10, they're right to play the card. One out of 10, it gets abused like anything. And people just don't want to do what they should do. And they use it as an excuse, which is an insult to people who actually need the time off a mental health day. When you're a basketball player in the NBA finals, you're meeting the media. The Suns and the Bucks are still playing right now, but teams like the Trailblazers are out. But now there's a bunch of really good players in Vegas. Do you, are you all surprised when you read the Team USA does its exhibitions in Vegas? Do you know one of the ways they get good players to play on these teams is by doing exhibitions in Vegas and doing training camp in Vegas? It's not because they're getting tax breaks, folks. It's because those players want to go to Vegas. Hey, honey, I got to go to Vegas for three weeks of training camp. Sorry. Oh, that's really tough. Are you going to be okay? Yeah, I'll find a way. I mean, I'll go to bed by eight o'clock every day. I promise. I promise. And by the way, there's a $500 limit on my ATM card. Don't be concerned. So Damian Lillard is in Vegas practicing with Team USA and he's playing. And what struck me yesterday is that he's in the middle of the maelstrom of his new coach is Chauncey Billups and the issue with Chauncey Billups and Lillard wanted Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd ends up going to the Mavericks. Billups goes to the Blazers. Billups has that civil suit settled for domestic violence. And Lillard said, I want Kidd. Maybe I want Billups. I like Billups, but now I don't like Billups. I shouldn't like Billups. I could like Billups. I'm friends with Billups. I didn't know this about Billups. And now he has to say, I had nothing to do with the coaching search even though Kidd pulled himself out of contention for the Blazers job because Lillard said, I want him. Is Lillard going to get traded? Is he not? And he's got to keep meeting the media because he's played for Team USA. He's doing something patriotic. He's cutting into his offseason. He's going to Vegas, baby. And then Tokyo. No fans. 
It's like a bubble. It, they, these athletes are going to Tokyo where it was just a state of emergency, by the way. COVID is rampant. The tri-delta variant is rampant everywhere. Any chance you got that, Coca? Any chance? Are you, are you asleep? Doesn't matter. It's not being recorded. Oh, did you hear that? That was Elsa. Elsa, give me like 20 more minutes. 22 more minutes. So there's no fans. They're going to Tokyo. These players are doing it because they want the gold medal. They're doing it because they want to represent their country. They're doing it because they want to beat CCCR. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play today. So Lillard had to meet the media. And he was asked about the trailblazers and the coaching situation. And he had some very interesting quotes that are worth talking about in my mind. Because I felt for him. I really did. He claims that he was asked about names that had been floated out there. And he said he liked Kitty, liked Chauncey. But at that time, I didn't have any idea about the allegation against Chauncey Billups. When I did learn of it and the process continued, I never felt like it was my job or my duty to say, do this or don't do this. I do my job, he said. I improve my game. I show up as a point guard of the team. In the past, I've never stepped on anybody's toes or demanded anything or told anybody what to do. And it was no different in this situation. He was forced to defend the fact that he either was or was not involved in the coaching, that he either did or did not demand a trade, that either is or is not upset with the Trailblazers. And he took the high road yesterday in Vegas by looking right into the eyes of the media and saying, if I've got a problem with the Trailblazers, I'm going to talk about it with them. How great is that? That a player says instead of gossiping or instead of promulgating all of these issues between front office and player, instead of addressing rumors like with the Mavericks and all the craziness that went on this offseason with them and Luca and them firing everyone and then hiring people, et cetera, trying to figure out is Luca happy? Is he not happy? Who cares? Lillard said, you know what? I'm going to talk to the GM if I've got a problem with the GM. I don't need to do it through the media. I don't need to do it through Instagram or TikTok or a la carte. I have great respect for Lillard for doing that. And I wanted to call him out on that. I do have a wait to see about him though. Everyone is saying in New York, he's gonna be a Nick. Maybe McCollum, but it's not gonna be Lillard. You wait to see, wait to see when I say something's gonna happen. Here on Nothing Personal, we don't want to be like every other gas bag. We want to tell you things that we think are going to happen, and then we're going to revisit them either way. When we're wrong, we're wrong. Actually, when we're wrong, I'm wrong. When we're right, it's because of coca. That's the general rule of thumb. And I'm okay with that. That's sort of been my destiny always. I'm happy to take it, coca. I really am. So wait to see. Damian Lillard is not getting traded. You got him up there in the Pacific Northwest. You got him. All right, when we come back, I'm going to review a phenomenal movie that I just watched yesterday that really got me thinking. And then we do have a Trevor Bauer update. We will be right back on Nothing Personal.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. This is David Sampson. Today is Friday, July the Saber Steel Day. Time out, July 14th. It is not. Today is July 9th. Why did I think it was the 14th? It's only the 9th, Coca. Just feels like the 14th. I don't even know where we are on the show. Here we are. Welcome back. <laughs> We're at the welcome back part of the show. Every day I watch a movie. I get paid to watch movies. I may have the coolest job in the world. I get paid to talk, and I would talk anyway. I love talking. I used to get paid not to talk when I was a kid. Now I get paid to talk. Sorry, mom and dad. So I watch a movie every day because I love movies. I love the escape part of movies. Anytime you're having a bad day, you can watch a movie that'll make you feel like your day could be worse or that your day is better because of the movie. Sometimes I'll watch movies that you suggest. Sometimes I will marvel, pun not intended, at the algorithms that are used by Netflix and other streaming services. So I was talking about, my voice is about to go, Coca, along with the power. I was talking about Sam Rockwell on a recent show. He was in a movie called Moon. I turn on Netflix, suggested for you the best of enemies with Sam Rockwell. How did they know? I don't, I tr maybe I've watched every Sam Rockwell movie on Netflix. Maybe they hear me talk about it. Maybe they know that The Way, Way Back is my favorite Sam Rockwell movie. Actually, it's probably Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. There's so many. I could do a top five Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell is unbelievable with his range. Truly. He just won an Oscar, didn't he? Or was he just nominated, Coca? Coca's not even on the show anymore, but I, I can't remember. I think he may have just won an Oscar, and I'm totally blanking for what movie was. Anyway, Best of Enemies is worth talking about on Netflix. It stars Sam Rockwell and Taraji Henson from Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Three billboards. Thank you, Coca. You're back. How excited are you that you're like 16 minutes away from going full love boy? What are you doing this weekend, Coke? Anything normal? Reading four books and pretending you have a social life? Not that reading books means you don't have a social life. I didn't mean that to all of you readers out there. <sighs> what are we talking about? Best of Enemies. It's actually a serious movie. It's about desegregation in North Carolina, the desegregation of the public school system and a charrette that takes place, which is a community meeting. And in the meeting that happens over two weeks, you've got a member of the KKK played by Sam Rockwell, a total racist asshole pig. I don't tolerate racism. You know that. I can't stand it. I just can't. And the KKK, if you want, I mean, I, have you seen Mississippi Burning Coca with Willem Dafoe and Gene Hackman? And the woman from Three Billboards, Frances McDormand. Anyway, so 
the KKK, they're racist. They want all black people and all Jews to be dead. They believe that the only people who should be alive are white people who look like them. They're total white supremacists and they wear hoods over their faces. Why? I'm not quite sure because they're loud and proud to be racist. And I wish they'd all disappear. But every once in a while, there's a member of the KKK, a grand master, an award-winning KKK member who's willing to understand the possibility that there's room for more than just white people on the planet. This movie is a true story, a fascinating story, and it gives you hope. And it's got Sam Rockwell. Best of Enemies is a serious subject. Desegregation is serious. Half the people in the world, more, have no idea. I'm one of them. I have no idea what it's like to be. I mean, I've seen definitely racial intolerance. I've definitely seen anti-Semitism. You cannot deny that. I can't deny that. But I have grown up and born privileged, grown up privileged, never had issues the way so many people do, so many African-Americans do. Looking at what happened, and this is not long ago in our history, folks. This is not in the 1700s. We're talking about in the 50s and 60s and 70s, for Christ's sake, of the 1900s. And what it took just to allow black kids to go to school with white kids. Maria, the first African-American girl to win the spelling bee. She won't be the last. Watch Best of Enemies. It's worth it. Trevor Bauer has time to watch movies. His leave was extended. Today's Friday. It was going to expire. We told you it was not going to expire. I thought we covered on yesterday's show, Coca. Did we not cover the fact that Trevor Bauer's administrative leave got extended by another seven days yesterday? It may have happened after our show. So the way it works is MLB's investigating. The town of Pasadena is investigating him for beating up a woman and annually raping her. And MLB said, you're not playing while we investigate, but we're going to pay you. And they went to the union and yesterday the union agreed to allow that seven day paid leave to be extended because the agreement calls for one seven day period. But if you want a second seven day period, you have to get permission. And I told you on nothing personal. I did it again. Oh boy, I did it again. I told you that it would be extended again. It's going to keep being extended until he gets suspended. Trevor Bauer is F-I-N-I-S-H-E-D for this season, A-T-L-E-A-S-T. But of course, Trevor Bauer had a quote through his attorneys. They are tripling down like it's the nothing personal pick of the day and you're a Bucks fan. We continue to refute the woman's allegations in the strongest possible terms. Hey, lawyers. Hey, Rachel Luba. When you're doing a statement, you don't need to say that you refute something in the strongest possible terms. What is stronger than saying, we refute the fact that I beat the shit out of that woman. We refute the fact that I assaulted that woman. She asked for it. We refute the fact that I penetrated her anally while she was unconscious, but she consented to it. 
in the strongest possible way she consented. Here's an idea, shut up. Enough of your statements refuting the allegations. You are being investigated criminally, shut up. It's the number one thing you tell your clients when you are a defense attorney, zip it. We continue to refute the allegations in the strongest possible terms. And then they, they do it again. Mr. Bauer vehemently denies her account of their two meetings. He doesn't just deny it. He vehemently denies it. Why do people use these adjectives when they release statements? Pounding the table. I just grepsed, by the way. I need a minute. I'm all worked up. I vehemently deny the fact that I just grepsed. <laughs> you don't need to. Do you know when people vehemently deny that Shakespeare had a quote, quote about that? Methinks thou dost protest too much. And then they wanted to explain to us in their statement what administrative leave is because they figured that no one's paying attention to nothing personal. Again, don't put that in a statement. They put again. If it's to repeat myself, as I said, it goes without saying. Again, administrative leave is neither a disciplinary action nor does it in any way reflect a finding in the league's investigation? Thank you, Rachel Lubin, Trevor Bauer. Guess what? You'll know when MLB's done investigating because you're going to be S-U-S-P-E-N-D-E-D. -E -E Nothing personal pick of the day. God, did we get some bad beats last night. Who was with me? We had the Bucks plus five and a half. They were down six with the ball. What's his name? Coca Connaughton? Connaughton? That guy shooting threes, whose name I can't spell. It's like C-A-N-N-A-U-G-H-T-O-N. <laughs> Pat. They didn't cover. Suns are up by 10. They're up two games to nothing. I'm not panicked as a Bucks fan. I'm really not. If the Suns win game three, I'm panicked. It's over. If the Bucks win game three, we got a series. Someone's got to win on the road. Actually, the Suns don't. They have home court advantage. We lost that, but that didn't bother me. It did bother me a little bit. I hate losing. We're 93 and 71 because we also lost the Scherzer game. Did you watch the National Padre game? Because I did. The Nationals were up 8-0. Max Scherzer on the mound. I am counting my chickens, and there's nary a hatch in sight. It's over. No one comes back from down 8 nothing with a Cy Young Award winner on the mound. As a matter of fact, no team has ever in the history of baseball, and never say never, every time I thought over thousands of games that I was a part of, oh my God, I've never seen that. And then our PR people would say, oh, in 1925, da -da -da -da, it was the same thing. Nothing happens for the first time anymore until yesterday. Never in the history of baseball has a team been down eight or more runs to a multi- Cy Young Award winner pitching for the other team and come back and win. Max Scherzer, multi-Cy Young Award winner pitching for the Nationals, up 8-0. Here comes the pitch to some guy named Daniel Cartagena. That can't be right, Coca. That's where I ran a marathon in Colombia. What's the name? Hold on, I'm putting on the glasses. 
time. Okay, ready? Wipe it, Coca. Seven, eight, 69. Scherzer was cruising along until a relief pitcher named Daniel Camarena came up and he did the Macarena all over it and hit a grand slam. When's the last time a reliever hit a grand slam, you want to know? I'll tell you when. 1985. Do you know how many hits Daniel Camarena had in his career before hitting the grand slam off Scherzer? Zero. That was his first career hit was a grand slam home run off Scherzer. I can't even talk about it. The Nats won. I'm going to say the Nats won. I am. 93 and 71. We lost the Nats and we lost the Bucks. But we got three picks for you this weekend. There is so much going on this weekend. A lot of good baseball. It's the last baseball before the All-Star break. Please, please watch some baseball. A couple of things. I've been on the Twins. You know we chose them uh, to win the American League Central. It's going to end up being the White Sox. I really thought the Twins were going to be better. The Twins are going to be sellers. I have been pick of the day on Maeda because I thought that he would snap out of it. But he hasn't regressed back to the mean. And meanwhile, the Tigers don't sleep on them, even though they're still not going to make the playoffs and they're still rebuilding. They're finally beginning to show signs of life. And I didn't think they could even get to 80 games, one with Cabrera on the team. And you know how much I love Cabrera. And you know, he's the first battle Hall of Famer. And I love him, but he's overpaid right now because he's not good anymore. I'm sorry, Miguel. Love you, man. But you're just not a $30 million player. I don't think the Tigers will get to 500, but they're playing way better. On Friday, tonight, the Tigers play the Twins. Maeda's pitching. The Twins are trying to trade Maeda. They want Maeda to pitch well, but he doesn't. I'm taking the Tigers over the Twins. Tomorrow's game is with the Astros and the Yankees. The Yankees are in Houston before the All-Star break for a series. What a great matchup. Zach Greinke against Garrett Cole, former teammates. Garrett Cole, the spinless master against the Yankees who just lost to the Mariners 4-0. They win a few games. They mash them. They don't win. They're struggling. I think they're still in fourth place. It's a great series, interesting series. Take Greinke. And then Sunday's my big one because I'm all about Milwaukee. It's all about Milwaukee. We're taking a parlay. And we're taking them separately. We're taking the Brewers over the Cubs. We're taking the Bucks over the Suns. The Bucks are giving three and a half. The Brewers have Woodruff on the rubber. I'm tripling down on the Bucks. I'm going all in on Milwaukee, Wisconsin. When's Summerfest, by the way? If you've never been to Summerfest, you should check it out. Okay, nothing personal picks of the day. Tigers over Twins. Astros over Yankees on Saturday. Brewers over Cubs on Sunday. And the Bucks over the Hawks. The Cubs have a small issue. They got to trade everyone. And Jed Hoyer did something fantastic yesterday. We'd sit down with our GM and pre-deadline and talk about what we're doing. Are we going to buy? Are we going to sell? If we're going to sell, who are we going to sell? If we're going to buy, how much money can we take on? How much prospect capital are we willing to trade? What are our chances? Every time you look at the standings, there's a playoff projection. You've got a 4.2% chance of making the playoffs. You have a 77.6% chance of making the playoffs. We never paid attention to that because it changes you go on a 10-game winning streak, you can go from 5% to 50%. You can go from 80% to 10% if you lose 10 in a row like the Cubs have done. 
The Cubs were like 70%. Now they're 5% or whatever the case may be. And Jed Hoyer met the media and was honest with you. And I want to give him credit for that. Jed Hoyer said, when you're in this moment and your playoff odds get into single digits at this time of year, you have to keep one eye on the future. You would be irresponsible, Jed Hoyer, the president of baseball operations for the Chicago Cubs said, you would be irresponsible not to take those phone calls and think through them. Talking about trading Anthony Russo or Javier Baez or Chris Bryant. He then talked about Milwaukee, which got my attention. He said Milwaukee playing great baseball at the same time was really damaging to our playoff hopes. Yeah, NSS. Is there a strategic problem with Jed Hoyer doing what he did? Do I have an issue? Are teams going to take advantage of the fact that the Cubs are shedding and try to offer less for Rizzo, Bryant, Bias, Kimbrell, whoever they're going to trade? I don't have an issue at all. When you need a closer, when you need a bullpen arm, when you need a bat, everyone in the game knows who's available, when they're available, and what it's going to take to get them. All of the noise that you hear and the trade rumors and the analysts who are saying, we're hearing teams are asking about the Pirates' second baseman. We're hearing the A's are all in on Nelson Cruz. Right? You're going to hear all those things. Executives don't pay attention to any of that. They're making their calls on players they want to acquire, regardless of whether those players are available. You make the call or you send the text and you say, hey, we have an interest in Rizzo. I've called him Russo three times. It's Rizzo. We have interest in Rizzo. Are you willing to move him? And then Jed Hoyer would say, yeah, of course we'll talk about him. Hey, we have interest in Marte. Hey, we're trying to sign Marte. If we can't get him signed, we're going to move him. The tomfoolery and chicanery that goes on between GMs is not as Machiavellian as you would think or as is portrayed in the media because it's a small universe we work with and we want to be able to work with these teams again and again because sometimes we are the bug and sometimes we are the windshield. Love you, John Anderson. Gave me that expression. Sometimes we're going for it. Sometimes we're not. Sometimes we have a chance. Sometimes we don't. The times when teams butt heads is when one team has an evaluation of another team that that team doesn't share. Hey, we assume you're trading that guy. You're not really going for it, are you? Oh, yeah. Our owner says we're in it. We're in it. That happens rarely. The majority of the time, there is syncopation between teams who realize, are they in or are they out? When you are forced to do business with the same people over and over again, you tend, when you're not the Padres, to do business the right way. It's just business. This is nothing personal. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.